Hey everyone, welcome to the 4D Experience, Deep Dives with Dan and Drew. I'm Dan. And I'm what's left of Drew this week, but I'm here. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long week. It's been a week. Very hot still. Very, yeah. Still very hot. Today was just one of those days where the, the heat just saps the energy out of you. So I'm doing my best to plug through here and... and, and but hey, we got some sports to talk about, so that'll always get me a little well, more. Well, Drew fired. also suffered with uh, the wonders and uh, loveliness of Chicago traffic tonight. So, oi, oi! Anyone that tells you that it's not back, they're lying to you. They're lying. But anyway, hey, uh, guess what, Drew? We have a Cubs win streak. We got a Cubs win streak. Technically, you are correct. They're sir. Uh, they're heading to the playoffs, right? Right. Oh wait, wait. Let me check my notes. They're twenty-one games behind the Brewers. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. yeah that's a, never mind. Bit, of a bit of a bit of a stretch. Yeah, bit of a stretch. Uh, coming. Hey, two wins in a row. At least the the losing streak is over. Two wins after twelve straight losses. Just to think, this tumble they've taken started after they no hit the Dodgers, and they just went on this like. Awful, awful slide. Um, yeah, since that game, I mean, they were in first place. They're, they were close to first place. Um, just some historically bad losses. It's really, I think, the only way I can kind of put it. Uh, they were um, getting blowed. They're getting blown blowed out. out. <laughs> I mean, then they, 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 they dismantled the team. That was probably going to – you know, we may be sitting back on this, you know, two years from now and saying – that was probably one of the best moves they ever could have done was dismantle that team. Maybe we're talking about it then. Who knows? But uh, since then, what's been left uh, has not been good. Uh, really has not been good. But, hey, they finally won a couple games in Cincinnati. Um, After getting beat 14-5. to five. Yeah. Yeah. They got throttled 14-5. to five. And, by the way, Cincinnati very quietly trying for a playoff spot. They're only a game and a half out. I think going into today, I don't know what the updated right. stuff is, but going into today, they were only like a game and a half behind the Padres. Like they're they're playing for it. Joey Votto since the All Star break is like he's been on fire. He's, he's like been, he's I'm been not legit. I'm, I'm just straight up telling you, I'm hitting homers. Like yep. I'm, I'm hitting dingers. That, that's all. What was that kid from the Little League World Series a couple of years ago? <laughs> you know, I hit dingers. That's all. That's all he does. Um, yeah, Joey Votto has been very upfront and very straightforward about what his goals are. Um, it'd be kind of cool to see the Reds sneak in there, but, uh, Cubs dealt some damage because the Padres lost some recent games and, and the Reds couldn't capitalize. Uh, Cubs have some chances for some wins, whatever that means, uh, against the Royals this weekend, the lowly, lowly Royals. Um, but it was announced that the Cubs will play the reds in next year's field of dreams game it, it, so 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 this is the field of nightmares i i i don't know i, I don't understand i mean does this then motivate the cubs to then somehow put a better product on the field just so that they can not suck on a big national scale i think it, it's an odd pairing the cubs the franchise is a great team to have in that game the cubs as a current collection of players is not a great right. product to put out there. You're correct. I mean, if you're trying to showcase the game and get fans that you hadn't seen before, I mean, no offense to the Reds. I mean, like you said, they're balling out. Um, but, I mean, in the same vein, if you've got two, a third versus a fourth place team with the Cubs maybe being in a full rebuild, 
I don't know why that's, you know, I get you're going to have a Chicago audience, but I don't understand. And, and, you know, hey, Team Pride, yay. But I, I don't get if that's supposed to be your showcase game. Yeah, it just doesn't really hit me. You know, obviously this game is better if Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez are hitting it into the corn. And, and Baez can have that Tim Anderson-like enthusiasm. Right. And, and the Reds, again, like we just said, are playing fine baseball now. Great. But the Reds aren't exactly a team I think of when I think of baseball's golden years. Uh, it's more like, you know, old White Sox, old Cubs, Yankees, Brooklyn Dodgers, New York Giants. Those would be really cool games to see. Cardinals, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would. I'm surprised it's not like Red Sox, Yankees, Cubs, Cardinals, Yankees, Dodgers. Something a little bit more old school. Yeah, or even Brooklyn Dodgers against New York Giants. Or, or that'd be crazy. Right, right. Or, oh. or you know, you can put any. You can make it the the Canadian the, the former Canadian teams. You can have. Toronto versus Washington. There's at least, you know, there's there's a draw there. There's a gimmick there. Cubs-Reds, I don't know. I just feel so – I read that and I go, meh. I'm not as into the cornfield as I was two days ago. Yeah, you make a good point about the, the roster for the Cubs. I'm okay with the Cubs being in this game. The, the Reds are what make it go eh for me. But you're right about the roster. I mean, that's true. It's going to be a meh game that's not as... No, I mean, this one had... The, the, the Sox-Yankees, there were a ton of different... I mean, the, not on the surface storylines, but there was a lot of, of different storylines going on. You had to, the, the time the Sox were trying to finally figure out if they could beat that team. Seeing Aaron Judge and Jose Abreu Rain. walk out of the corn was... Right. Oh, chills. I mean, oh, and, and, cool. and, and watching Eloy do Eloy things and Louis Robert coming back into form and Stanton the, the, blasting a ball. The, the, the White whatever. Sox pitchers going yeah. berserk, throwing 100 miles an hour, Liam Hendricks screwing up but getting the win. You know, I mean, it was all there. Like, there were so many different storylines. You can't expect it to be games. that perfect. Right. It's never going to be no. that perfect all the time. But you but could have a much better matchup that would make, no, I, I think, the non-traditional baseball fan, which is what you're trying to get to, now that I mentioned it, I can't get Brooklyn Dodgers and New York Giants out of my head. Right. Like, that has to be a game. That'd be so cool. Oh, it totally cool. would. It totally would. And and have them be San Francisco, L.A. I mean, I don't care. But, I mean, put them in the old school unis. And, right. And, right. And, right. Have Brooklyn across oh, and have, like, y'all, amazing. Oh, it'd be amazing. But, yeah, uh, the Cubs, um, not so great. Uh, the, well, Break them down a little bit. Obviously, we said they're 21 games behind the Brewers. Uh, they're a little bit better at home. They're 31 and 28, still above 500 at home at Wrigley. That's fine. Uh, not so good on the road. <laughs> uh, when they were winning games, I mean, they were still doing well on the run differential. They were still around like plus 30, plus 40, which was good. Oh, it, good it, for their it, division. talk about the fall from grace. Well, yeah, now they're minus 88. They're, they're minus a Patrick Kane right now. Ow. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I know. I know your leg is bugging you, but my leg hurts just from hearing that. Yeah. No, it's it it's gone sideways. But we talked about like their pitching is feast or famine with their contact pitchers. It's been a whole bunch. Oh of well, yeah. I mean, this They've is the other side of that coin. And we said it from the beginning of this season how it was going to be. They were dancing on a razor's edge, dude. Can we talk about Jake Arrieta for a half second? Sure. And I mean a half second because we cut him the day after he got rocked. 
And then the Padres inexplicably, for I don't know what reason, decide he'll work for us. No. No, he did not work for you. He got rocked in his first start for the Padres. It, it's telling you it's time. Well, now he's quote-unquote injured. Well, yeah. I mean, he's telling you it, his his line of work, his body of work is telling him it's he's had a great career. He's been a fitness freak, um, you know, co-MVP basically of that Cubs team in the World Series that year, um, no doubt. But it's time, Jake. Hang it up. Go enjoy your kids. Enjoy your wife. Enjoy that lovely world of baseball retirement where you can do pretty much whatever you want to go do. Be a pitching um, coach. Be a pitching be coach. A I mean, he's still gonna he can still be around the game, but as a major league pitcher, he done. Agreed. Agreed wholeheartedly. Let's go on to some more positive baseball. Positive, positive, positive. Uh, well, starts sort of. off with a negative. <laughs> the the Yankees after the Field of Dreams. By the way, I don't think they've lost since. I was going to say I don't think that. Yeah, they they just decided um, they're rolling. We're we're getting back into this thing, and and into that thing big time. So I mean, the, the Saturday night game was uh, back and forth between the Sox and the Yankees. The Yankees just kind of came out ahead uh, in extra innings after Abreu tied it in the ninth. Uh, Sunday's game, kind of the Yankees got out to a bigger lead. The Sox cut into it kind of late. Rally fell a little short, um, so they lose five to three. But here come the A's and. Here comes, I think, what you want to see out of what what did October might actually really realistically look like. These last these two guys. series are yes. very reminiscent, and the next one, by the way, right? I mean, now this Tampa Bay comes games to town. is very oh, important. This is gonna not so much for the division, but this is like, how are you feeling about your team going into the playoffs? 100%. This is this is kind of like I'm watching a lot more intently simply because I mean, the A's come in and the Sox win five to two, nine to nothing. They win three to two. They fall today five to three. Close game though. again. All games other than the nine nothing. Um, relatively close. Very very tense. Um, back and forth a little bit throughout. Lot of lot of getting out of jams for Sox pitching. I think that was oh kind yesterday of the key. was insane. I mean my gosh. But you also saw what the three headed monster in the bullpen looks like. Kopech sixth, Kimbrel seventh slash eighth, Hendricks eighth slash ninth. That's how you and draw throw, up. And throw in Aaron Bummer here and there, who Bummer, looked pretty effective. Crochet, uh, crochet if you need him. To pair if you have to. Yeah, those, those are your guys. Um, but yes, if you want to draw up in a perfect world, it's Kopech, Kimbrel, Hendricks. And, and and Hendricks, after getting rocked in the, the, the uh, Field of Dreams game, his wife basically told him, dude, you might be tipping your pitches. And he pulled up the video and said, hey, I think I'm tipping my pitches. So, I mean, since that game, he's been a much more like himself again. He can tip all the pitches he wants. That slider that he had last night ain't getting hit. That's that true. was nasty. That's when true. He was thrown up there last I night. I mean, the only the only thing that was going to stop him was that if he if he couldn't get it to the plate because he was so excited. It, it kind of reminds us the A's throughout uh, Sergio Romo, one of their closest. And you know, you know, one hundred percent, he's throwing a slider. You know, he's throwing a slider. It's the only pitch he has. You. St- Still can't hit it sometimes, though. And, well, it's like, and that's just, you know. It's, it's the thing with Kimbrel. You know he's going to throw that knuckle curve. Yeah. You know it's coming. Here it is. That's like you can't hit it. Mariano Rivera for how many years? You know he's throwing a All it is is a cutter. <laughs> yeah, that's all It's it a is. cutter with slight movement, like a degree or two of movement, but he just put it where he wanted every time he did it, and he's in the Hall of Fame because of it. Yes. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. If you put it on, 
if you do what you're supposed to do as well as you possibly can, it, it just is what it is, which is why offensive numbers are a mess right now. But you know, that's a whole other story. Um, but no, it was a great series against the A's. We're very plausibly uh, set up to play them in the playoffs like we always seem to do. We play the A's a lot. Um, so there's that. We have the Rays coming up next. Massive series. And and here's why. We're 11 and a half games up on the Indians. I The AL Central has been wrapped up for a while now. Uh, honestly, I would tell you the AL Central has been wrapped up since about February. Um, it, it's, been, it's, been over. it's been over from the get. Okay. Um, but more crucially for the White Sox, they're three games back of Tampa Bay for home field advantage in the playoffs for the number one seed in the AL. Why does that matter? Oh, my God. I mean, the road versus home splits for the Sox is massive. 42 and 22 at home at guaranteed rate or the cell or Comiskey, which, whichever version us Chicagoans like to use. And they're 29 and 28 on the road, which is still. Okay, that's still okay. It's better than it was. I mean, you look at this baby back in June, and it was even more. But do you want to go to Yankee Stadium? Do you want to go to Oakland? Oh, dear God, no. They definitely don't want to go to Oakland. I mean, the White Sox historically, I mean, just you you look about teams going on to the West Coast, and it's just it makes your life a lot harder. So this is a crucial series coming up this weekend against Tampa. For, For setting up for the next month and a half? Yeah, absolutely. If you can get home field advantage, I'm starting to feel real good feel about the better. White Sox stand- feel chances. Feel a lot better. So it it's a massive, massive series. Um, we'll obviously be glued uh, to the games this weekend. Um, my goodness. Yeah, that, that home road split is so – no, I mean the White Sox love their home cooking. They, they're definitely a much they they they, look, they hit at home. They look a lot more. They that's exactly what it they is. Hit they hit a lot more. Um, and you haven't really had big road trips since both Eloy and Louis Robert have come back. So you haven't necessarily seen what the team is supposed to look like, uh, other than maybe being at home. Uh, and when they've been at home, they've been pretty damn good. So. You're gonna get some road games coming up here too. I think they're only. At the cell for I think they play the Red Sox at home off the top of my head, and I think they get maybe one more series at home. Like they they don't have many. Well, you don't no, have many a, games. Period. Right. I mean, we're halfway through August already. You have August, September, and that's pretty. We much have it. about 35, 40 games left. Right. Um, so they'll get tested. Uh, again, obviously, it doesn't matter as much for the division. They'll be in the playoffs, but. Um, home field advantage might might be World Series or bust for the White Sox this year, uh, as good as they are. No, I mean, to me, it, it's I, – I think if they get out of the first round, they've they've cleared the hurdle of, you know, being inside their own heads a little bit. Um, and if they're hitting, look out. Like, whoever that second-round opponent is, I think is just going to be – like, that's when they will hit their stride, and that's when it, it, it it's it's all on the table for them. I am fearful just as a fan of the one and done because I've seen this movie before. We saw it kind of last year where it looked like everything was coming together. And then we got to that nearly a one and done three game playoff series. Lucas Giolito goes out. Yes. And then you can't find anybody to get it out to save your life. And Oakland just Oakland you to death. If I'm honest, the starting pitching, which has been a strength all year, um, has shown some cracks in it. Giolito is not 
what he he's was. not he's not dominant Lucas, but on his day, he can still bring it. Keuchel uh, is again, and I don't think Dallas Keuchel is in the rotation in your playoffs. I think he's your long relief. Orlando Hernandez, two thousand five, get me out of a jam type situation. Cease is one of those pitchers that's either eleven Ks, no walks, and he shuts you out, or he gets knocked around well, a little bit, gives uh, gives up three, four runs. That's a classic fifth starter. If your fifth starter yeah. is where you're telling me I have some issues, I'm doing okay. You've still got Lance Lynn, you've still got uh, Carlos Rodon, and okay, Lynn. Rodon, Giolito, one, two, three in a short series, and then three, two, one. That's hard to hit. You're going to see those. See Lancelin twice in five games. I like my chances. We talked about their escape artists kind of few games here. One of those was Lynn had the bases loaded. Nobody, he got out of it. He got out of it. Oh, no. I think, I think, but he had him and Rodon are still going through kind of that classic August dead arm type thing. Rodon is on the shelf, as he probably should be. So Frank Lynn Thomas, might want to join him on that and take a day off. Frank Thomas mentioned just skipping some starts. Right. And just being like, hey, look, again, 11 and a half game lead. We're in the playoffs. But again, you're still battling for home field advantage. How much? And this is where Tony Lewis's experience might come in handy. I'm just saying. <laughs> look, he's managed a pitching staff to this point. I can't imagine anybody would say you, that he You seem to forget well. that I keep saying that he's the AL manager of the year. I know. You're just giving me this look like, oh, he brought up the, the TLR abbreviation. Um, he's trying to wake me up and get me fiery is what he's trying to do. I, but no, in all seriousness, no, no. this is going to no, be a, it's actually a very a crucial. This is why you hired him is for his playoff management and how he sets up to win a World Series. And there are questions with the pitching staff. So now we have to really look at how is he going to line everybody up so that they are at their very best health-wise, rhythm-wise, mentally, like they're in the right mindset. And that's bullpen guys too. Crochets up and down. Bummers up and down. Kimbrell and Hendricks. Hendricks is up and down, but he seems mentally to be, I'm locked in. Yeah. Kimbrell is rock solid. Kopech struggled today. Uh, struggled today. You got to remember, this is really a guy in his first really sure full big league year. I'm not worried about Kopech. Yeah, but he is mortal. So they all are. I mean, you. There's nothing to say that. I mean, hell, Craig Kimbrell gave up a three run home run to some guy on the Cubs who I never heard of. Yeah, no, it it happens. So and obviously, none of these guys have zero 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 ERA. Right. right. So it was close. He was trying. He was open before that <laughs> he was, run. He was giving it a really good effort. But um, no, I mean, this is what you're playing for. You're getting to that point of the season where it's like, no, now you have to turn it on, and this is what you're playing for. This is what Tim Anderson and Tony Larusa came together in spring training and be like, we're trying to win a World Series, right? Yep, that's what we're going. No, for. you want them to peak in October. I don't necessarily want them peaking now. No, no, no. But you want to like start ramping up so that you're True. hitting your peak True. in October, like you said. You don't you don't want to start having bullpen issues or starter issues in like late August, September, and then be like, oh my goodness. But a, what do but we a do? lot of teams have had starter issues sure. in late August. Sure. And have gone on to be just fine. Um, this is why they call it the dog days. We've also had teams like the Atlanta Braves have three Hall of Fame pitchers and come up goose eggs also, <laughs> with the World Series. So I mean I, I, 
and and we've also talked about many times how the best team doesn't necessarily always win the World Series. True. Um, because it is kind of a quasi lottery. It it does come down to basically who executes. Um, the two things that I'm looking for: uh, hit ball far, team go far, um, more home runs from the White Sox, just in general, because uh, that's been a stat that they've been kind of lagging in, um, especially in that ballpark. So it's small enough, hit ball out of it, and your team will do pretty darn good. Um, and, yeah, starting pitching, a couple things here, a couple things there, but nothing there, – there's no huge red flags and then no more God-blessed injuries. Well, I that's number one, two, and three yeah. is we have to stay healthy, get healthy. Rodon's got to be – Rodon's got to come back. Role. We got it. Grandal's in his rehab stint, so – he should be back relatively soon. So that means you should be coming into October with all horses on deck. Ingles on the aisle now too, isn't he? I think he went back to it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's the same. Mendick came off back. of the aisle. Correct. So yes, get healthy. But again, this is the management part and it's an internal organization of like, Hey, do we want to carefully orchestrate our chess pieces in a way that we want, or do we want to go guns blazing to try to get that number one, position that pole position well i still think you're playing that out i don't think that decision doesn't get made i mean to me until mid-september if you're six plus games behind tampa bay or toronto or you know whoever's coming out of the east um or whether it's oakland uh you know maybe then you don't push if you're one or two games out you look at those home road splits yeah you push yeah what we're basically saying is there's still a whole lot to be kind of glued in on. Oh, no, the there's sides. definitely. I mean, I, it's appointment television. I mean, as of right now, other than the team we're about to talk about, other than your Chicago Bears, this is this is, uh, this is is the most appointment, you know, the best appointment television in the, in the town right now. Well, they got they got everything you want. They got guys that can hit, guys that can pitch, they got guys that can talk about the game in the broadcast booth. It's like a... Triple win. It's like triple. Yeah, gasoline. still hoping that Jason Benetti kicks COVID to the curb and gets back into the booth quickly. Yeah, I do miss. I do um, miss Benetti. I mean, I do love Len. I love Len Casper. It, it, it reminded me of how much I I, I did enjoy Len Casper, um, and do continue to enjoy Len Casper. And um, he's a very worthy villain. Yes, sure. absolutely. Um, so we're going to. Speaking of the Bears, we will stop here. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back. We had guys in football uniforms on a sunny day at Soldier Field, Mm -hmm. and they were doing things, doing things and scoring points. And we'll come back and we'll talk all about it. We got a a thing at the quarterback position in Chicago, and that's something we haven't said in a long time. That's true. Come on back. All right, so we are back, and um, we got a whole bunch of Bears stuff to talk about. Yeah, we do. Uh, so we had the first preseason game against the Dolphins. And, you know, you can take preseason for whatever it's worth. You know, some people value it. Some people... Well, with with one less preseason game, and thank God for that, um, by the time you get to the fourth one, you're usually ready to... Most people don't even watch the fourth one. I mean, I think they, they literally bring in backup play-by-play people and they're not even really calling the game. They're just talking football while the game is going on because nobody should be in that fourth game that, that no, matters. It's, it's usually like third and fourth string guys literally playing for like the last yeah. one or two roster spots. Exactly. 
Exactly. But uh, with only three, uh, this one had a little bit more significance. It was the first time you got to see number one, Justin Fields, in uniform. Uh, tale of two halves, really, if I was to kind of break it down. I did get a chance to watch most of it live. Um, first half, a little struggling, a um, little nervous. Bears didn't really get a first down until almost the end of the first half, so take that for what it was. He was trying to fit some some in, some balls into some tight windows. Um, his receivers were not necessarily helping him very much. He had a couple bad drops. Um, but on the Bears, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bears receivers dropping passes? Never. Somehow Javon Wins is still on this team after dropping. The- oh, I can – Echo that yeah. statement. Yeah. Oh, if we've ever agreed on this <laughs> and, and nothing podcast, else, this, this, this we, point, we can't agree on. How he can still be on the team after the drop no of the idea. playoff game. Uh, how you get rid of Miller and not him? Well, I understand why they got rid of Anthony. I, Miller, I do but... too, but I'd still keep Miller first. Oh, no, and, and yes. Get rid of Wims. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Send both of them. I, yeah. Both of them can go on to Exile Island, as far as I'm concerned. But that's neither here nor there. That's not what <laughs> we're talking about. No, no, yeah. um, but once Justin Fields did get into kind of his two-minute drill, he kind of calmed down. He looked like he um, slowed down a little bit more, started thinking a lot more, made better decisions, got a field goal late. That actually proved out, to, I think, to, to give him some confidence because he comes out in the second half and um, has a really, really darn good third and early part of the fourth quarter. Uh, goes 14 of 20, 142 yards passing, one passing touchdown uh, on a nice wide-open bootleg. How uh, nice was it to see a, a Bears quarterback hit a wide-open wide receiver. receiver and not screw it up? How low of a bar do we have? I know. <laughs> uh, one rushing TD on just a – I also thought was a, a really nicely thought-out scramble. Um, not – you know, he went through the progressions, nothing was there. He then decided to use his, use his athleticism and get into the end zone. Uh, so good on that. Um, I was impressed. You can see why he was drafted, why the Bears traded up. Um, he definitely fits the bill of a first-round pick. Uh, I, I'm of two minds as to whether – I mean, of course I want to see more. Um, I'm of two minds as to whether or not I want to see more right away or a little later. Um the other quarterbacks, really nothing really to talk about. Andy Dalton played one series. Um, went, they went three and out, so uh, two for four uh, for 18 yards. He did not get a first down in either of his series. Nick Foles came in uh, for mop-up duty in the fourth quarter. Uh, other than a, a nice rush by Ryan Nall, who always seems to show up in a preseason game and have a nice rush, uh, and, and I think it was Artavius Pierce had a nice run too. Why do I know so much about Bears preseason? This is really kind of sad. Um, but uh, he only goes one for three for eight yards. Uh, so Look. the Bears end up winning the game for what that is worth. But I think the thing was Justin Fields has something, and it, and it's and it's fun. And we have a new toy. And do we want? How much do we want to play with it? The the Bears. You could say whether they're smart football wise or dumb football wise, but they're not completely dumb because they literally in this game said. We know you want your Justin Fields. Here's your Fields, okay? This is your moment. And they just gave him the reins and was like, here you go. With with basic packages and For, yes. not any real finesse. But they're like, Andy Dalton will give you a couple passes. Foles will give you. 
generally you know what you have at those two quarterbacks because they have careers worth of a resume. And whether you like them or hate them, I get it. I, I get the the Bears fans' impatience with the quarterback situation, but let's let's for a second be objective here. Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl MVP. He did take a team to a Super Bowl and win it, and it's the Eagles. Okay, he took the flipping Eagles to the Super Bowl. They're pretty talented Eagles team, though. There have been talented Eagles teams that have gone nowhere That's too. True. Um, but and he did it. Andy Dalton, again, whether you like him or not, and I get that he's been injury prone and he's been on the deep. I, I understand, but this is a three-time Pro Bowler that's thrown for 27 touchdowns in a year, 33. He can throw a football. And it, it's not like we have the most scrub-like quarterbacks battling for this position with fields. We don't. We have accomplished guys that have been there, done that in the NFL before. Um, and Andy Dalton said he got a ton of airtime the other day when he said, like, Justin Fields will have a wonderful, magnificent career. But right now, I am the number one quarterback here, and it's my job. It's my time, I think, is what his quote was. It's my time. There's, there's the, okay. I'm glad you put that quote in there because I can rewind you to 2017 and one Mike Glennon who said, this is my year. Mike, it sounds awfully similar. And they paid Mike Lennon more money. Mike Lennon does not nearly have anywhere close to the resume that Andy Dalton had. Not even remotely. Now, now again, when I say that, he, Andy Dalton, just as a Bears quarterback, has a really low bar that he has to get through. All he has to do Agreed. on his first snap is to not slip, fumble, fall down, pick the ball up, Throw an interception to a Green Bay Packer who waltzes into the end zone for a pick six. That's all Andy Dalton has to do. Not do that, and he'll be better off than the last guy they paid a lot of money to. Andy Dalton's better than Mike Lennon. Uh, I, yes, I will. I will agree. Even I right, completely agree with you on that. Forget yes. that he's past his prime. Even right no, no, now, right now he's Andy better Dalton's still Mike. better than Mike Lennon, and and the neck and and the, yes. the shoulders and all that. Um, let's not lose sight that, that these guys are pros and they're going to take this seriously. And Andy Dalton has been very upfront about him wanting to teach fields and take them through the whole process. And I get it here. here I will give you one argument that it, that is in favor of your position. And I believe your position is let's, let's admire Justin Fields. Let's be thankful that he's here, but let's, Put him in bubble wrap yes. and keep him there. I don't think there's an argument that Fields is the best quarterback that we have. Oh, I think on talent, he's it's far, far away. away. No is he a finished product? Hell no. Correct. I mean, you want you, you look at the, the the just this game. I mean, he had the, the fumble where the ball was too far out. And, you know, again, it, it's coming up to a, a professional playbook, it, it's a process. But you at least see the gears going. Even just in one game, even in this ridiculously small sample size that we are probably overanalyzing way too much, because that's what we do in this town. I told you where everybody was going to be. They were all in the track stance, and now the gun has gone off, and now everybody's running around screaming in the hundred meters. Yes, this is what we're doing. I interrupted your thought. You said oh, uh, that well, I think okay, here's, you should here's, be in bubble your wrap. your best argument is look at what the hell just happened to the second round pick, uh, Tevin Jenkins, meant to protect. Mr. Fields' blind side ain't protected nothing for the next few months because he's just going to have to have back surgery. 
So, I mean, yes, Ryan Pace gets a pass for trading up and doing what he does, and he got Justin Fields. Great. And, and But then he Ryan Paces it all over again with the second-round pick, where he traded up again, gives up assets for a guy who's now on the shelf. One step forward and one step back, it's never, it's never pure with these guys. It just isn't. It's so gosh darn frustrating. I'm going to play devil's advocate on Devin Jenkins for a second. He might still be really good, though. Here's here's why. So Tevin Jenkins back was an issue at Oklahoma State. Everybody knew this. Some would argue that's why he fell like he did, is they were scared. So then if you're Ryan Pace, you're sitting there, and you're like, this is clearly a first-round talent. Not only a first-round, this is a high first-round talent. And he just fell to you. There is a gamble that you have to make, and you know the gamble. I, I assure you he knew of the back issues. I assure you because everybody oh yeah i mean and then this is this is where like when when nfl anybody talks in front of cameras and microphones they are completely willing to sound like the world's biggest idiot rather than just say we knew it and we accepted it yeah they would rather mealy mouth you around and that's exactly what you're going to get i know it's a different sport but let me compare it to the nba for a second and michael porter jr for the denver nuggets Great start, Missouri, but he ended his college season because of a back issue. Scared a whole lot of teams away from him. And it's like, yeah, 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 he's a great NBA talent, but we just don't trust his health. And the Nuggets were like, man, he just fell to us outside of the lottery. This dude fell to us? Who cares? We'll take him and just roll the dice, and if he works out, oh, boy, did we steal something. Now, now. That argument works if he really, really fell to the Bears. They traded up again. But, I mean, he fell to that spot where they felt like they couldn't Maybe. pass. And but, probably yeah. overpaid for that pick. But, yeah, but we said that that <laughs> night. Yes, too. We I did. mean, we said that on draft night. It's right. like, great pick. Like, it's the but, one move that, yeah. that he knows how to do. No, so. we said that that night on draft night. Yeah, yeah. But so that, but, I think, but I think that's your biggest, <laughs> your yes. biggest argument for – Let's not totally unwrap Justin Fields on an NFL field just yet, because we don't have if a you left can't, tackle. If you can't, well, that's one. And then if you can't <laughs> block it, it doesn't matter what you call. I mean, you watched, and the, the Super Bowl should be your cautionary tale. Patrick Mahomes did literally everything that he could. He was trying to complete passes from a horizontal angle and, and still managed to hit guys in the hands. If you can't block it, you're not. It doesn't matter what you run; it doesn't work. Well, those guys in Kansas City can actually catch the ball too. Like, correct. Other than Allen Robinson, I don't trust our wide receivers. Cole Komet, I think, will be good. I, th- I, think, I think Darnell Mooney might actually be something. I know that they're, they're really talking him up, but I mean, he may be. If he's if he's a two, if he he's not a one. He, there's Agreed. no way he's a one. If he's a if he's a one point seven five to two point two five, that's still an upgrade than what you had. I'll give you that. Cole Komet, I think, will be a good player. Hopefully they run David Montgomery a little bit. I think you're going to have to. I had to say, I had a moment because he comes into the game, he has one carry, and he kind of pseudo-limped off, and then you never saw him again. And I was like, where did David Montgomery go? Nobody really said anything. I I, I assume he's been at practice. Um, It was just kind of one of those things that I just went, that's not good. I think this is also a stage where you just want to be overly cautious. Or, or maybe like if you're not 100%, 100%, 100% you come out the game and you don't worry about it. And yeah. 
It's we, the first we know what we have game. in Montgomery. Let's, That's true. Yeah. Um, having and if for you that follows our Twitter at 4D Experience One, um, you'll you'll notice that I actually went to the camp yesterday, uh, Wednesday morning. Yeah, so Dan got in. I, I I was very lucky. One of my friends actually had some tickets, and I got to go. And uh, Justin Fields obviously didn't participate because he, he had a sore groin. Um, but he did participate in a quarterback drill that I found fascinating because it was him, Foles, and, and Dalton, obviously, and they were just throwing uh, footballs into garbage cans. But it was highly entertaining. Um, and I think Dalton actually hit the most, uh, and then Fields, and then Foles. But um, th- watching them actually go through the, and I get that it's an open camp, and they probably save all of their actual plays and their actual stuff for closed camps or whatever. I, I understand that. But a, the vast majority of plays that they ran, I think I saw a ball thrown over 20 yards once the entire morning. It was a lot of 5 to 10 yard, a little dink and dunk, passes, screens, rubs, uh, bubble screens, runs, a lot of runs. And I'm like, man, you're getting these running backs' hopes up for something that I just don't believe you're going to see a whole lot. Although you speak about Montgomery – a highlight for me from the Wednesday morning was Herbert, the the running yeah. back that we, we that dude is fast. He is really he is fast. fast. Yes, he is. Um, and he had some highlight runs where he broke through. The and, dude that got from Kansas City looks like he's pretty fast too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's there's some highlights that might be able to pop I mean, out of here I, but. before they they moved and closed and made it a lot harder to go to training camp. I would go down to Bear, I call Bourbonnet, Bourbonnet. Um, pretty much just about every year. And you always had this up feeling when you're coming off of that because no matter who, who you were watching, the Bears won the day. <laughs> Either the defense, you felt really good about the defense or you felt a little bit better about the offense. Um, I would always sometimes sometimes watch the special teams guys. Uh, Pat O'Donnell and Cairo Santos can do things with kicking a ball. It's just that out of this world. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun to kind of watch them kind of interact in their yeah. own little way. But watching Foles and Dalton take the vast majority of reps because, again, Fields was not participating, um, they were doing rollouts. They were getting outside the pocket. They were hitting those short passes. They looked fine. Both of them looked fine. Oh, no. I mean, the short passing game can get you a, a decent half. And then, you know, it's, the question is, can you adjust – when everybody starts bringing all their safeties down into the box. and All three of these quarterbacks, all three that we have, I believe are better quarterbacks than Mitch Trubisky. So... Oh, that's saying something. I don't know about... I think all three are. I don't know about Foles. Uh, again, he won a Super Bowl. When is Trubisky? If Trubisky ever wins a Super Bowl MVP, we'll play no, this no, no, audio no. back, I, and I'll just, be like, just, kudos I, I, to I'm you. I'm just talking on, on pure talent. I, I, I do think... Maybe athletic ability. Yeah. But as a quarterback in the NFL, I think Foles, which he proved, he beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. By playing great for two minutes. And he should have beaten the Saints twice last year. He came that close to beating them twice. It fell apart in the playoff game. But Javon wins again. <laughs> again, not Foles' fault. True, oh, you're getting me on a, a Dan rant here. But all three, I think, are better than Trubisky. So you you expect Nagy to be a little bit more open with your play calling, be like, all three of these guys should be able to hit an open receiver. They've they've been there, done that. No, the one, the one thing that I want, regardless of who's playing, I don't want to hear, it's our playbook for this guy. It's our playbook for that guy. 
the whole playbook is the whole playbook. Yeah. Which it, you, it, and if it's not, you failed in teaching somebody something. I mean, obviously Foles and Dalton can't do athletically what Fields can do. I think that's fairly obvious. Um, but yeah, as far as the throws that they can make, no, those should be wide open because all three of them can throw a football. So it's like, let's let's see some stuff. I'm, I'm, well, we will see. I, I, I'm I'm like I'm, I'm totally concerned about the offensive line. I think that's probably my biggest. I mean, oh, they, I they did just sign Justin Peters, uh, who will be a Hall of Fame left tackle. Yes, he will. What, what's left in the cupboard is the it's question. A very Orlando Pace yes. signing. True. And I'm I'm. I'm nervous about that, but you know, let let's let's let it play out. You know, I will always I will be a calm, reserved Bear fan, and then the, the kickoff will happen, and three plays in, I will screaming my head off and jumping up and down like a moron, and then after the game, I'll be calm again, and then we'll do this, and then I'll get all fired up again. But you know, we'll we'll get we'll get there. Well, there was a there was a poll. Um, I think it was Waddle and Sylvie uh, posted on their Twitter that was basically like, do you want Dalton to be successful as a Bears quarterback. That was like essentially the poll. And I, through our Twitter, I took the liberty to respond through our Twitter. And I said, yes. And then I said, three reasons why. One, if he's successful as our quarterback, that generally means we're successful as a team, number one. Number two, if he's successful as a quarterback, that means Fields has more time to learn, develop, and get better off the field away from a potential injury. And three, it means that the Bears as an organization have more time to build a worthy team to help Fields be successful when he eventually takes those reins, which, spoiler alert, he's going to take those reins at some point, no matter how good Dalton or Foles seems to be. He'll be the quarterback going forward. So, yes, I want Dalton to be successful for a variety of reasons, Um, but... We'll get there. No, I mean, there's there's always two schools of thought when you have a very talented high draft pick. Um, and you've seen cases, Lamar Jackson struggled the first year with dynamic as hell the second year. But he struggled in that first year, but they let him Struggling in the playoffs, that. too. Struggled in the playoffs. Um, Pat Mahomes, the exact opposite, sat on the bench for an entire year, mm-hmm. then came in. We've seen MVP after MVP performance. Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for two two years against, you know, waiting for Mr. Favre to finally ship his rear end out of town. Um, And that was, and he was not the automatic heir apparent uh, when he came in either. Uh, And you, and you look what that does. So there's, there's tons of different ways to go about doing it. Um, I'm going to actually think for the time being that, I don't know about Ryan Pace as a GM, but I know Matt Nagy, I think, is still a decent coach. Um, so I'm going to trust the process for now. Going to use that phrase. Okay. Yeah, I will trust the process for now. Um, call me in week five. I may be singing a different tune. But for now, I'm okay with going with Andy. All right. Let's let's do this right now on the recording. Let's let's put ourselves on a, on a record. When do you think Justin Fields plays? Starts. Starts his first game. Not not plays, because that could be whatever for whatever. Starts his first game. When is there bye? Um, <laughs> I think it's late, so I would say week six. I think he starts by week six? I think he starts by week six. I will Especially say... if it's not going good. If you're if you're three and 
four or that's seven. Um, if you're if you're two and four or one, one and five, what else you got to lose? You're going to make it or break it position as a coach, and you're going to make it or break it position as a GM. I think you throw balls to the wall and you go for it. Depends on what conversations they're having in House Hall about what their strategy is. It doesn't have to be make it or break it this year. It can be now make it or break it next year, maybe. It, but did the fields pick buy you an extra year? That's that. That is an, a, a big unknown, and we don't know that for sure. So you went with week six. I will go. I'll bite the bullet. I'll do it. I'll say week one next year. Okay, you're gonna go the whole year. I'm. You think he's gonna make? I'm going with my heart over my head, Drew. I'm going with my heart well, over my part head. Part of this is Andy Dalton may not make it to the end if this line. That's is, my reservation. If this line is as bad as it is, as, as it might be shaping up to be. So if you may be seeing Justin Fields simply because he's the backup and it's time. Fair. So they obviously can't have three active quarterbacks. No, Sunday, somebody right? has to have an um, unless unless he's an emergency. I think I think you'd have two. You have two, but you can dress three. But the the I, one can only come in in the fourth. The third one can only come in in the fourth quarter, unless the first two get hurt. I want to say, and I'm being 100 percent serious here. I I want to say Pat O'Donnell is our emergency quarterback for that reason. Like you can't yeah. like addressing whatever quarterback. They, the Bears typically have only had usually two. Right. They've never gone with that third. Emergency so spot. if the Bears have had the internal conversations. And we're not connected nearly enough to know these. But if they've had the internal conversations where they trust the process and be like, Fields is our guy, just not this year. Do you remove the temptation and make him inactive and just have Foles and Dalton as your active QBs? Uh, I think I think you're going to be persuaded by the argument that he gives you a better chance to win than Nick Foles. And I think they'd rather have Nick Foles standing there the clipboard looking Nick Folsey. <laughs> no, I, I, I no, I don't think they're going to be that conservative. I, I I don't see it. I think they will look for either a natural or um a, a necessity to get him on the field because I think they do want to. Um I don't think he should start week 1. Uh, I'm with you on that. I think that it'll be like the 4th or 5th or 6th game. And I'm going to say week six because there, there'll be one. There will be an Andy Dalton clunker in there somewhere. Sure, I guarantee you. Whether it's him them. having a bad game or, or him getting or, hurt, or, or or the offense giving up the, the line, again, giving up seven eight sacks. But so if that clunker is not Andy Dalton, like throwing four picks and two two, two touchdowns or whatever, if it's him getting hurt because he's getting hit. It's a different conversation. Do you want to throw fields out there? Well, you can that? at least run away from it. I, I think then that would be the – no, I think that would be the actual – That would scare the still, heck out of I'm it. not saying that's ideal. If I'm watching Andy I, Dalton get rocked – I would be scared of that. I'm like, can we put – put? I don't even want to put O'Donnell in there because he's a great putter. Like, let's not even put him in. Who got off – I mean, this goes back to the conversation. We were, if you can't block it, it doesn't matter what you're running. That's – I – fully subscribe to that philosophy for football. So ah, guys, it's an interesting debate, if nothing else. We'll, we'll be talking about it. At, at least it's, it, it, it's strange because we're actually talking about maybe an assortment of riches at a position that we have strained. I've never seen it in my lifetime. I don't remember Jim McMahon. I was too young. 
Yeah. I mean, I know he won the Super Bowl. I was three. Hey, we had Rex Grossman for a half of a season during that Super Bowl year, okay? He was MVP for like six weeks, all right? Do not forget. Had one of the greatest – What had, I think, like a perfect rating in the first quarter of the Super Bowl appearance, too. Three passes, one touchdown. Hey, Devin Hester is eligible for the Hall of Fame next year, by the way. He better get in, too. All right, we actually have to take a quick break. We are up against the clock one more time. This happens when we get to – fiery and going on, on on things we do want to touch a little bit on some local prep sports as that's all starting let's come on back and we will dive into that all right so we are back and we're just going to talk a little local prep sports since the eve of the football season is upon us oh, and, and this is dan's sweet spot he's literally the insider on the sidelines that is true. I do work as an athletic trainer as my day job for uh, a local high school in the area. I, I Drew and I both graduated from high schools in the area, uh, fairly uh, competitive ones. Um, you may remember last year when we were doing this, uh, I got bragging rights because my Maris Redhawks knocked off his brother Rice Crusaders in uh, the Battle of Pulaski. So... Um, but the big thing is it's a return to normal this year We're we're doing a regular fall schedule for now, um, which means nine football games and playoffs are all scheduled to go, which was not the case in the spring. It was weird. We only got six games, six games and then it ended and it felt like a premier league season and no playoffs and nothing. Ted Lasso. It was weird. I was in the spring. It was, it was weird. Everything about it was weird. So we're getting back to a little bit of a normal schedule, which I think everybody is a fan of. So Friday Night Lights. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Marist and Rice, um, they're both reloading again this year. They'll both be very, very good, but they play in one of the toughest conferences, I dare say, and I am very biased, but I dare say one of the toughest schedules in the country. I mean, that conference, the, the division of the conference that they're in. I, you're the expert in here. I'm going to defer. The division that they're in has Loyola, Mount Carmel, Rice, and Marist. I think there are some divisions in Texas that might have a thing or two to say about that. But I, I do think I do, I do, it's tough. But I do think there are some programs down in Texas where the bigger schools and bigger bodies might have something to say about that. Well, I'm not including the uh, the schools that roam all around the country and specifically right. chair. Like this is a local division that they've, you know, been Correct. placed in. It's not like uh, you know Don Bosco Prep going out to like New Jersey or Florida or you know whatever. It's localized, um, but their schedule's tough, man. Loyola is one of the top three schools in the state. Mount Carmel fell off the rankings platform from top five to, I think, their top 20. Oh, oh goodness. They I mean, had some players. Uh, they're usually a perennial perennial pick. Yeah, they're, they're still real good. Um, but, you know, they had some players graduate last year, which which kind of knocked them down a couple of pegs, if you want to even calling it knocking it down a couple of pegs. Um, so Maris and Rice are going to have to duke it out. Uh, Jolia Catholic has seen a resurgence, um, you know, uh, Drew and I remember back in our heydays where Jolie Catholic was a steamrolling powerhouse of a football team. And then all of a sudden they just dropped off a cliff and were awful for probably about, you know, five, 10 years. And they're suddenly regaining uh, some, some talent and some, some of their 
old school, you know, run the football, big offensive lineman um, kind of resurgence. So I think they're ranked top 10 right now going into the, the season, which is very scary for five or six A, wherever they end up in the playoffs. Um, and then, um, oh, who else was in it? Oh, there was some, oh, St. Rita. St. Rita was also making a push. I think they're a top 10 team. And, you know, St. Rita's a, a big, big name oh, yeah, around here. Definitely. Um, but they've snuck into the top 10 in the preseason rankings pretty much everywhere you look. So, uh, Marison Rice, man, tough schedules, just tough, tough schedules, but it makes it fun and it makes them battle hard and come playoff time because they're not afraid of anybody by the time they get to the playoffs. So be on the lookout for Marison Rice. Um, some more, uh, local teams to look out for Eisenhower is off to uh, try to duplicate the results from the spring. They had a good spring. They went four and two, including a, a win against Richards, which it's been a minute since they've beaten Richards. So they were very hyped about that. So they're looking to build on that success. Um, Coach Murphy out there is, is doing a great job setting up that program. And then Shepard and Richards, uh, their big news in, in the Oaklawn and Palos Heights area is they're getting some new turf, which Eisenhower got last year. They're in the same district. Um, but they're getting some new turf, uh, and man, Richards, Richards, uh, good luck to you and your football season. Um, you got a tough one. Uh, it, maybe not as tough as Marison Rice, but Richards starts out going to Nazareth, going to Marist. Um, Ow. yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough one. And then they got, I believe Hillcrest later in the year, who's always a uh, powerhouse in the conference that they're in. Hillcrest is usually the the best team from that conference. So good luck to you, Richards. Um, I don't want to speak before any games are played, but I'm going to assume that's going to be a 0-3 at (laughs) least. So they got to do some damage on the other um, games in their schedule, which they are certainly able to do. I mean, you know, Argos had some rough times. Oak Lawn's had some rough times. Evergreen Park is trying, trying to get back. Um, and and Revis, we don't know about Revis because they didn't play many football games in the spring. Um, so uh, Revis in the Burbank area. So we'll we'll see there. But um, that's kind of a, a quick local prep roundup for you guys. If you have any prep news. Uh, that you want us to talk about or you want us to kind of highlight either on our, our Twitter at 4D Experience One, um, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know if there's a cool thing that happened in one of the games. Let us know about it. We'll be sure to talk about it. Yeah, we obviously can't be at, at everything. 30 different games. For sure. Um, there's only two of us. Yep. Uh, we're, we're still bereft of staff. Um, so that that'll come later uh, but uh, yeah let us know if there's something you guys want us to, to talk about or hey did you see that amazing play um, we'd love to help a video go viral uh, so uh, yeah let us know other than that though I think we'll wrap it up for today yeah no this is good um, dog days of summer for baseball we got some preseason action bears will be playing the bills in the Mitch Trubisky comes back bowl. Uh, Man, if he lights us up. Oh. <laughs> Watch out for Twitter. Oh, my, oh God. my God. And if Justin Fields doesn't play and Trubisky does. Oh, man. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. We will re- recap that next week. 
we will continue to follow what's left of the Cubs. We will continue to hopefully see what the uh, the White Sox do. Can they get into home, you know into that home field position for the playoffs? Because that looks looking like a certainty that they are going to make it. Uh, let's hope. Let's see how far they go into it. But for Dan, I am again what is left of Drew. Um, I have a long weekend ahead of me. I'm going to be in St. Louis. Yeah, he's um, on the road this time. Doing some other stuff. I will be doing some scouting. I will be maybe sh- putting up a few odd pictures. So check out my Twitter if you're interested in that, at AFP3626. Um, so for all that good stuff, if you're into anything revolving IndyCar, you will see uh, some shots from uh, – I will be still in the state, um, but just on the Illinois side of the border at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, but anyway, so for Dan, I am Drew. We'll catch you all on the next one.